Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Hey, Terrence, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. I'm so glad to be here. We've already been chatting before we started recording. Yes, I think we're yes. going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm excited. We have a lot in, in common as far as being kind of countercultural and, and yeah, yeah. maybe a little bit offensive is a good okay. word for it. You know, yeah. Jesus was offensive. Amen. He absolutely was. <laughs> <laughs> so to get us started, can you just tell us a little bit about what you're, yourself and what you do? Yes. Um, um, thank you all for just just having me here. And, and for those that are going to be listening, uh, my name is Terrence McLean. Um, I'm currently uh, a higher education. So I work in uh, college. I'm a higher education professional. Um, I'm also uh, a pastor at my church um, in Seguin, Texas. Usually people see it as Seguin, but it's Seguin. <laughs> um, and then um, I am a, a servant of God. Really, that, that's what I am. I'm a, I'm a child of God. And I try to make that uh, very apparent in my own life. I say it for myself and I say it for others because uh, I think it always goes back to identity. And I always want to make sure that I identify, you know, my most salient identity, um, though I have many, um, is my first is Christ. So um, I love people. I love God. I'm all about deliverance. I'm all about living the full life that God has for you and not just you know, eating the crumbs from the master's table, but I want to eat from the table. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and um, other than that, I'm married. I'm about to have a baby in July. Oh uh, a baby girl in July. Her name's going to be Olivia. Oh. Um, I'm also, uh, I just, I love to cook. Um, I'm a really great cook, a good baker, and I'm getting, venturing into barbecuing. So oh. uh, that's just a little bit about me. Do you watch baking shows? I, you know what? I don't actually like to watch baking shows. My wife loves to watch baking shows. She loves Master Chef, uh-huh. kind of things, but she doesn't like to cook. And I'm the opposite. I love to cook and bake, but I don't like to watch them. But I do watch them sometimes with her, um, and they give me good uh, tips and ideas. But usually, YouTube is my goal. If I'm yeah. looking for like how to make something, I just go to YouTube. And, yeah. And, we are binging the Great British Baking Show right now. Uh, it's so, but neither of us are bakers. So I yeah. think you're on to something there that like. No, I think it's that, interesting when you don't yeah. uh, do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So 
aside from being just like incredible and dynamic and a teacher, you also have written a book, uh, God Brought Me Through, and it is your testimony Mm -hmm. of homosexuality and and walking through that. So can you tell us a little bit about like what your book is about and what your story is? Yeah, so my book is is really just that. It's a a very vulnerable, raw, authentic uh, uh, documentary, so to speak, of my testimony. And um, God really just kind of, you know, spoke to me. He said, you need to write this book. And I didn't want to write it because, you know, uh, obviously, you know, this is a very touchy topic, you know, and uh, thankfully I've had a lot of grace uh, with God, with sharing my testimony, um, you know, just individually with people that I know, sharing it with my church. And I, I've been on the fortunate end where people celebrate uh, my deliverance, but I've also, you know, experienced, you know, some uh, pushback with it as well. So it was a, a touchy thing for even me and my wife, because, you know, my wife and my family are now affected by the yeah. ministry that God wants me to uh, step out on. So that's also a very real thing too. But um, I wanted to be obedient to God. So really, it's just an account of my life. But what I do is I take people from the backstory, you know, uh, how did I get to that place where, you know, I was in the LGBT community? Um, how did I operate in that space? You know, what was the conflict that that occurred between me and my faith? And how was I able to reconcile that? And then you know, just my journey of how uh, God actually brought me through that and delivered me from this and gave me a different perspective and understanding and to where I am now, you know, married to a woman and now having a baby and living this life that, you know, the full life that God really wanted me to have and not something that I felt was, you know, my right or my identity or, uh, or who I was made to be, uh, but really... I made to be in his image um, and really just walking it out. So you get to see uh, in the book, you know, from childhood all the way up to uh, my current adult life. Was this something that you struggled with from childhood? Um, yes. Um, my what, what I've learned and what I've grasped is that the enemy is so strategic. You know, mm. he's good at what he does. Okay. Yes, he is. Yes, he's he is. He's good at what he does. And the enemy always starts uh, from childhood. He doesn't start or wait until you're a teenager or you're an adult. By that time, the seeds have already uh, manifested and, you know, begin to bear fruit. But he begins really early in your childhood. So, I mean, just from little things from like name calling to, you know, not really being able to have a lot of like uh, male friends um, to, um you know, experiences that I had at seven and eight um, that began to kind of shape and move me into that direction. Though I grew up in church all of my life, though I was a church boy, this was uh, something, you know, that the enemy began to kind of plant seeds here and there throughout my life. And it just kind of manifested itself as I got older and more experiences and and more hurts and more pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that while your quote unquote outcome was a struggle with homosexuality, I think anybody can resonate with that, that the whatever their weakness, sin struggle is, I think most of us can look back and see like the seeds that were planted in childhood. 
mm-hmm. you know, for me, I had a lot of the same experience of like being bullied. I had a lot of trouble being friends with girls, yeah. name calling. And so mine didn't turn into homosexuality. Mine turned into being very walled off right. and like very, like very kind of like hard exterior right. and a hard heart mm-hmm. because like I'd been hurt enough. You, you're not going to, you're not going to get in now, right? Exactly. you know? And, and the thing is, is that like that, like a hardened heart is sinful too. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. And we're one of the things that I want to talk about in a little bit is okay. like this hierarchy of sin and how yeah. we kind of tend mm-hmm. to look at sin differently. But what, and this, I, we did not discuss this earlier. This is a super loaded question, but what, okay. what do you say to people who they're, rationale for homosexuality is that they were born that way yeah um so this is a question i get all the time and you know i have to the only thing that i have to really say to it i have a couple of things to say to it but you know my foundation is the word of god and i have to go back to the word of god because without the word of god i have no compass you know i have Mm. no direction and so i go back to you know i was made in god's image you know and god made me perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully made and so, uh, but he also made things in a particular order, in a particular way. And so a man and a woman have all the characteristics of God, but, you know, he, they've been split up. And so, um, you know, when people say that you're born uh, born that way, I don't believe that because then that goes back, that, that makes me make God a liar. And he's not a liar. You know, uh, he didn't make me a certain way, but I was born into a sin, a sinful world where now everybody has their own sin. You know, I don't go and just choose, you know, that I wanted to uh, be sexually attracted to to men. I didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I, that's what I want to do. No, <laughs> I, it just, it just kind of happened that way. And, you know, I didn't want that, but I have to also understand that my identity is in Christ and my identity is not in homosexuality. Mm-hmm. So if my identity is in Christ, that means I have to give up what I feel is my right, is my is is my God given, like this is the way God made me. So this is what I'm holding on to. But God said, you pick up your cross and you follow me. So whatever that is for anybody, whether it's, you know, a sexual sin, whether it's lying, it's cheating or whatever, I have to now give that up so that I can follow Christ. And God said that he made male and female and he made them uh, in his image and for them to be one. And, um, and so that's what it's really about. It's not really about, you know, you being born a certain way uh, or you feel like you have a right, but it's about, uh, at the end of the day, God has called me to pick up my cross and Mm. God has called me to follow Jesus. And if that means that I have to give up something that I feel is, you know, really difficult for me to give up because it's uh, a natural thing that I feel like I go to, then that's what I have to do. Mm. Um, and yes, it was hard. Yes, every day it was hard. I had to, you know, as the Bible says in Romans 12, you know, be ye transformed. Baby, I had to be transformed because guess what? My mind was all the way off. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, I can't even think, you know, I can't even look at a man and not, you know, sexualize him, you know. So I had to go through a lot of transformation and a lot of, uh, you know, healing with the Lord. Um, and then, you know, I will talk about this later about the backstory of how I even got there, but, you know, I had to understand those things. I had to have a transform and a renewed heart. And so once I, once I got there, you know, then God was able to do more. And so it's not something that you're going to be able to just get out of and just be done with, you know, 
just all willy nilly, although God can do that. But yeah. there's a process. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's not just, uh, well, I can just go here and just be free or I can or cannot do. But it's again, when I received the Holy Spirit, you know, we have this thing when I grew up and we said, um, I need your do right power. So what we mean by that is like, I need the Holy Spirit to be able to do right, you know, to do what God has called me to do, to live a sin, uh, a life that I uh, am no longer enslaved to my sin. Mm. I'm not a slave mm. to homosexuality anymore. Mm. I am free by God's power. But deliverance does not mean that I'm no longer tempted. It just means that God has given me the power to no longer be enslaved. Deliverance doesn't mean that I am no longer tempted. Yeah. Because that is trust me. <laughs> I was tempted, honey. I was tempted. And that seemed like it, as soon as I began to start walking this walk, I mean, that temptation just came. It was like it was intensified. Yeah. Um, and so, Because like you touched on earlier, the enemy is strategic. And strategic. him seeing one of God's kids stop walking in the lies that he told them and right. walk in truth and freedom pissed him off. Yeah. So now so it's like it's he like, doubles well, down. Gotta, yeah. It's like, I right. got to do whatever I got to do because, because the, the destiny that God had for me was so great. You know, mm. I love to give the devil a black eye. Okay. Because I have to live the life that God has called me to live, but I can't live that if I'm entangled in sin mm-hmm. and I don't want to be entangled in sin. I want to live the full, complete life that God has for me. I want to live his best and nothing less. Amen. Well, and I think it's interesting because, and we've, we've touched on this a little bit. Okay. So me as a woman, right. Mm -hmm. It's pretty Christian culture and honestly, popular culture as well. will say like men have the really high sex drives and they're the ones that struggle with like lust and and all that kind of stuff. And women are just kind of like, don't care. Well, like I'm the opposite of that. I love to have sex and I love like I struggle to not look at men and sexualize them because that's a sin. The same way you looking at men and sexualizing them and lusting after them is a sin. It's the same for me. Right. Because scripture is really clear about like if you have even lusted after someone else's wife or husband in your heart, you've sinned. Right. Right. But why do you think? Okay, so let's flip it. Let's say it's you and another man and you both struggle with lust. Your lust tends to be or would be for another man and his would be for a woman. Do you feel like sometimes culture and the church thinks one is worse than the other? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think one of my my biggest pet peeves is that I feel like, you know, the church, uh, you know, this is not, I love church, but I think we definitely have some 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 issues you know on one end i'm saying that i want you to stop your lifestyle and stop living a sinful lifestyle of homosexuality but then on the other end if you start speaking that i've been delivered from homosexuality then i have a problem you know like mm-hmm. well why is it that uh you know are you sure you're free that's what i got you know are you sure god delivered you are, are you positive and I feel like we don't always make a safe place for people. That to is be such a weird way to respond. Free. Right. Why like, would you do that? <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't feel like we always have the platform for people to really be set free and delivered because deliverance is ugly and it don't look good on Instagram and Facebook. You right. know, it doesn't look good on TikTok because I want my church to look good and I want to have the likes and I want to have this and that. But I'm not really talking about deliverance. 
But to go back to your question, yeah, I think the hierarchy, and I think sometimes we use it as a way to justify our sin. Yes. I'm not... uh, I'm not uh, doing homosexuality, so I'm not nearly as bad as yes. parents, you know. But, you know, I, I know I got my sins, but he over here d- with same sex, so that's that. But, you know, and I think that's another trick of the enemy is to to put these levels. You know, uh, I, you may eat bananas, I may eat apples, but baby, guess what? They all fruit. Right. So, uh, if you, uh, whether you eat bananas or you eat apples, you still, uh, that's still fruit. You're still eating a fruit. So it's the same thing, you know, whether I'm doing, you know, I'm in homosexuality and, or I'm, you know, lusted after uh, my job, you know, um, I'm mm-hmm. a workaholic, but that's still sin, you know, mm-hmm. so sin is sin and we need to see it as such. Uh, you know, I think one interesting thing is that everything else you can get delivered from, but homosexuality. Oh, I can right? be, you know, I have support for being an alcoholic. I have support for, you know, uh, just having lustful desires towards the opposite sex. I have all these supports, but there's no support for homosexuality because the lie is now, this is your identity, this is how you are, this is how you're born, and there's no freedom from that. But you can have freedom from everything else. And so I think what the enemy has wanted us to do is to shut our mouths, to not speak out, to not say what we say, because surprisingly, when I tell people that I've been free, they're really interested. They really Mm want to know. They want to have a lot of questions, but uh, and really the the popular thought is that everybody is for uh, homosexuality when really the truth is, is that everybody is not, but nobody's saying anything because if you say something, you get criticized, you get ugly emails, you get hate mail, yada, yada, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, I got to speak what the Lord told me to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, that brings up another kind of facet of this is that I'm sure you get hate from both sides, right? So you have the side, you have the church saying, are, but are you really, like, are you sure? I don't know if you can ever really be free from that. And then you have like the world or even a lot of church cultures have adapted now that like homosexuality isn't even a sin. So you're a bad person for even calling it that. Right. You're a bad person for even calling it. And you know what? Thankfully, nobody said it to my face, but I know that they say, <laughs> uh, you know, I discern that they say those things. And that, and that's fine. You know, uh, you know, people have their own opinion uh, about things. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, when I remember when I was first, you know, coming out of it and, you know, God had called me. Some of my biggest struggle were, you know, people that wanted to affirm me in their life. They're like, no. You don't mm. need to uh, not be like that because the church says so. You don't need to not do this because so-and-so says so. And I'm like, no, baby, I'm doing this because God says so. Yes. Nobody came to me and said, you need to stop being gay. You know, I actually didn't have that happen. You know, wow. like nobody came to me and said, well, you know, what you're doing is wrong. You know, they just said, okay, well, how do you feel about this? And, and you know, I always said, I know it's wrong. I know the Bible doesn't um, uh, approve it or affirm it, but this is what I want to do. And that was the way it was for me. Uh, But I think what's interesting is, you know, in that time when I wanted to be free, I had to cut off any and everything that, because you either pushing somebody to God or you're taking them away. It is is black and white. Don't seem like it, you know, because it's like, well, they just wanted to be my friend and they just wanted to love me. But really you're affirming me and you're taking me away from God because instead of calling me higher, you're calling me to the same level. But if I was to ask you, would you want your kids to be uh, uh, gay? You would tell me now. 
Mm-hmm. But it's okay. But for why? Me. Can, but you can't do that for me. Right. right. So I, it's just, you know, again, there's this uh, uh, hypocrisy that's happening, you know, within the church and with people because they are conflicted with it. It is a touchy subject and it's hard to decipher it. But in my book, I talk about there was one girl uh, in my life when I was in high school and she would tell me, she would say, Terrence, you know, th- this is not the lifestyle that God has called you to. And I didn't know what to say um, at the time. I was just like, okay, you know, but when God finally began to work on me and really kind of start bringing it to my attention and was calling me out of it, she was the first person I remember because she was the only person that spoke truth to me. Okay, so you know how I'm a huge fan of counseling, right? Well, I recently started working with a counselor at Faithful Counseling, and I knew I had to tell you about it. Faithful Counseling is an online Christian counseling network, and it's an incredible solution for people looking to find the help they need. I found the sign-up process to be really straightforward. You answer some questions, and you get matched with a counselor all within 24 hours. After that, you can log into your account at any time and message your counselor, plus scheduling weekly video or phone sessions. The extra bonus is that I found it to be really affordable, and they've extended a discount of 10% off of your first month. All you have to do is head to getfaithful.com slash crappychristian to join the other 500,000 people, myself included, who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Head to getfaithful.com slash crabbychristian for 10% off your first month and to get started. Okay, let's get back to the show. See, okay, so that brings another thing to mind for me. So I'm thinking like Matthew 7, 3, right, of stop being so focused on the speck in the other person's eye, worry about the plank in your own, versus this kind of like loving calling up, not out, but like, if your brother is caught in sin, here's yeah. how you address it, which is, I think, also in Matthew 5 or 6, that those two things have to work together because yeah. I think that the the plank in our own eye is less about don't worry about other people's sin and more like how are you coming to it, right? So if yeah. if that person, that girl in high school had been coming to you kind of like guns blazing, you're wrong. This is sin. This is like disgusting da, 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 and not coming from like a humble, loving place. I doubt you would have wanted to come back around to her exactly. when God like started to free you from it. Right. And I think and, we see both. Right. We see Christians yeah. coming after other people's sin like it's their full time job. And I'm like, yeah. mm, <laughs> can you calm down a little bit? But then right. you see the other side of Christians who just enable. Yeah, and there's it, like this it, in between. Right. It's all about balance, you know. Right. Um, and, and my particular friend, she was struggling with her own, you know, uh, vices and things that she was struggling with. But she had the courage to come and tell me. And I've been in many situations around my life. where I was like, why are people so scared to tell me the truth? Mm. Uh, even though I knew personally that it was wrong. But, you know, people and again, it's just, you know, I'll tell you what I need to tell you. You know, and it's up to you to make the choice. And uh, you, you have been given the truth, and now it's up to you. Uh, so I think, you know, like you said, it, 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 when you judging people, what it's really getting at is, you know, the hypocrisy. You know, I want to judge you for being homosexual, but I don't want to judge me for sleeping around 
right. with uh, so-and-so in the choir, uh, right. uh, in the congregation. But I want to, you know, do that. And it's like, no, uh, you need to address, you know, work out your own soul salvation, as the Bible says. Mm-hmm. You need to be working on yourself. But that doesn't mean not call out things that are, are happening. But you don't want to do it in a way that like, I, like, you know, to be that I'm above you because mm-hmm. I'm not doing what you are doing. Well, and I, I think it's important also to note that this was someone that was a friend. Right. Yeah, so we have. Right. Like we have to earn that relational currency to be able to speak those hard things. Like I'm not going to be receptive to some stranger that I've never talked to trying to talk to me about my sin. Now, if that person has loved me and like been a part of my life, it's still going to, that's not that it's not going to be hard to hear, (laughs) but I like, they've earned the right to call me up out of my sin. Right. Exactly. I heard a nice quote and it said, if you want to, if you want a voice, you have to have a presence. Mm. Uh, and it is basically what you were just saying, you know, like if I'm, if I have the relationship and I'm present, you know, and I'm there in your life and I'm living a life that, you know, and that doesn't mean that I'm perfect, but you see that I'm trying to live a life, the best life that I know how to live and I'm still growing and learning you know, then I'm going to be able to speak into your life a little bit more mm-hmm. than maybe some stranger. You know, sometimes God brings strangers into your life. And you Absolutely. That happened to me just yesterday. I met some random person and God told me, say this, this, and this. And he was like, oh my God, I've been struggling with this, this, and this. And we prayed and we went off. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, typically. <laughs> right. More often <laughs> than not. Right. <laughs> right. So I want to kind of go back to what coming out of that looked like for you, what that experience was. Was there like something that happened or was it a gradual kind of process? What, how did that look? Um, It was definitely a process. You know, they say there's progress in the process, Um, but it was a process that led up to like a, 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 a big event. Um, and then after that big event, there was still more process. Um, so I had got to college and I was excited to be able to live out, uh, this homosexual life that I had fantasized about, that I had dreamed about, but due to my environment and, you know, uh, and where I was, I wasn't able to completely live out the life that I had wanted to live out. Uh, thank God actually. Uh, so I got to college and I'm like, yes, I'm all about it. But I was like, I need to be in church because I know they have nothing else. I still need to be in church. Well, I got to this church and um, they were all about like the Holy Spirit, about deliverance. Um, and so my pastor actually never preached about uh, about homosexuality. They just preached the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I began to feel the Holy Spirit for the first time. I was convicted about my sin um, for the first time since, you know, I started walking in it. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, why do I feel convicted about my sin? And it felt good, but it felt, you know, like weird at the same time. Cause I'm like, no, I don't want to be convicted about this, but like, but I knew and God was speaking to me. And that was the first time I ever heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And like, he just told me, he was like, it's time for you to come home. You know, mm-hmm. it's time for you to come back. But I knew in my spirit, that mean I had to let that go. Um, and so this was over a semester. Um, so maybe about, September all the way to December. Um, and finally I was on my way home and the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me. He was like, 
it's time to let it go, you know, and come home. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't know anybody that has my story that has been successful. I know people that have tried to come out of it and they were not successful. Yeah. Uh, so why am I any different? But I chose to, you know, let that go. But again, the enemy, uh, he was ready, baby. He was ready and willing. And the, the best time to attack somebody is, uh, is after a victory. So yes. I had this victory of Jesus. I'm like, yes, I let go of my sins. Like, I'm ready to start following you. And that same day, I ended up getting caught up with this guy that had actually started, like, conversation with me, like, some time before. But, of course, I wasn't recognizing the enemy or who he was. I was just thinking, oh, this guy just randomly just talking to me or whatever like that. He knows me from where? I don't know. But, um, and so I ended up getting caught up with him. And then that's when I called my friend who was like, Terrence, like, this is not the lifestyle God has for you. So I called her. She was like, Terrence is the enemy. You know, she explained it to me. And I was like, yes, I need to get out of this because I made a vow to God that I was going to start following him. And here I am the same day, you know, uh, in, in some mess. And so I was able to, she walked me through that and I was able to get out of that. And then I fell again with some other mess. And then after that, I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I can't be going in this up and down, you know, back and forth. And so uh, I got back to college and um, I was like, you know what? It's time for me to be serious. Like I said that I was going to leave this and I need to be serious about it. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know God is going to walk me through it. And after a couple of events, you know, God spoke to me. He just told me, if you make one step, I'm going to make two. Mm. And that was all I needed. You know, I just took that first step of faith and God worked out the next thing. And it was, you know, what the Bible says, I'm a lamp into your feet, you know, because I'm walking through a dark place and I need to be able to see. I may not be able to see all the way to the end, but I can trust God in the middle of it and walk, you know, step by step. And so eventually, uh, I'm going, I'm walking, you know, I'm trying to renew my mind. Uh, and I get to church one day and my pastor does an altar call for, for men at the church. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get up. And I'm just like going back and forth in my spirit, like, get up, no, get up, no. Get up. <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden, I just felt my body lift, just stand up. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? <laughs> And as soon as I like, like I made this step and I'm like, I'm not playing. Like I had a, it was an out of body experience. It's a little crazy. Uh, but I just like, I stepped and bam, I just started running. And I'm like, this is not me. I'm not a, at the, at this moment, I'm not a radical person. Like, yeah, I'm just like, okay, maybe I'll lift my hands. Maybe, maybe I'll yeah. stand up. Maybe, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but so I go running around the church and I'm like, I'm talking about my eyes are like, Clothes like tight clenched clothes and I'm running around this church but then uh like I started like convulging and like screaming to the top of my lungs and I just could not like I couldn't help myself I don't know what I was doing so I could only hear because I was having an out-of-body experience and uh my pastor was like hold him and so like two people like grabbed my arms and I'm like going crazy I'm like this is like uh What's her name? Girl name? Uh, you know, the extraterrestrial stuff you see on those shows, on those movies? Yeah, that was me. So I'm just going crazy. And all I know is that my pastor lays hands on me. And it was like, I'm not kidding you. I felt that demon 
come from like the pit of my belly through my throat. And I just like, and I had this loud screech, like, and then I just passed out. Uh, and then they just kind of laid me down and I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I could just, all I could do was talk to God. That was the scariest thing that ever happened to me because I had never experienced these things before. You know, like I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about those kind of things. And so this just happens to me. And I'm like, oh my God, like I was like messed up for like two weeks. Like, yeah. I was just like kind of walking around like aimlessly like, what just happened? <laughs> oh uh, my God. And then um, after that, uh, a little time later, the uh, the Lord filled me with the Holy Spirit. And I danced like David. Uh, you know, the Bible says that David danced out of his clothes. That's what happened to me. I danced yeah. out of my shoes. I danced out of my tie. I danced out of my jacket. I danced. And it was just so wonderful because the Lord filled me with that. And I began to see, you know, signs and wonders, you know, that what God was doing in my life through me. And I had never experienced these things. Again, I'm very clueless to a lot of these things. So, uh, you know, I can't say that I mimicked them from someone else or I got it from someone yeah. else. Because no. I had never seen them uh, until I kind of got to this church. And and I'm doing these things that I had never seen before. And then, again, even after the feeling, it was still a process. You know, God was mm-hmm. still, you know, teaching me how to, you know, train my mind, how to discipline myself, how to fight in the spirit. Uh, because now I'm understanding spiritual warfare and I'm understanding what it means to pray, what it means to speak the word you know, to my situations but and how much power the word has. So that was kind of like my process through that. And then um, it was several years before I got married and I've been delivered from that lifestyle for 12 years now. Wow. Uh, but it was several years, you know, then I went through the process of like, okay, I've been free for a little while. Like, do I get married? Like, is that something mm-hmm. that God wants for me? But then I'm also in the insecurity of like, I used to live this lifestyle, like what woman is going to want me, you know, knowing that I used to actively participate in this lifestyle and was out and open about it. Uh, you know, what woman is going to want me? So I went through a lot of that and just having to be reaffirmed by, you know, fellow believers and people in my circle um, that, you know, God has something for you and he's not done with your testimony, yet, like, he has more for you, and, you know, here I am, you know, married now three years and having a baby, uh, and what the enemy thought that he was going to stop, you know, God said not so. Uh Uh-huh. What a story. Oh, Mm -hmm. my goodness. That's incredible, and I think... It's crazy. I mean, in the book, I give a lot. I did omit some things just for, like, confidentiality's sake, but mm-hmm. it was a crazy whirlwind. And, you know, for me, I love my testimony because it's so ugly. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so raw. Um, and that's what I, when I think about Mary Magdalene, when I think about uh, the woman at the well, that's what I think my testimony is like. Yeah. It's ugly. I yeah. mean, it's not cute. It's not like, oh, praise the Lord. Like, you know. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You know, I want my daughter to not have to experience those things. I want her to, you know, be like Samuel. And she was dedicated to the Lord. She served her life with the Lord all her days. You know, you don't have to have this crazy testimony. But when I think about the average Joe, the average person, you know, I have an ugly, raw testimony. I was delivered, went back, you know, fell, got up. Fail. I felt like I was in the track, you know, when they have to run and jump the hurdles, but I didn't jump <laughs> high enough. And I, the, 
I hit the hurdle and I fell and I was embarrassed because everybody was looking at me like, oh no. And I had to get back up and try to start running again and finish the race. That's how I felt like my testimony is. It's ugly. It's wrong, but it's real. You know, right. like God is looking for real people to clean them up. You know, mm. he said, I came for the lost. You know, the church is the hospital for the sick, not the well. Although the mm. well is welcome, you know, because you still need your daily checkup, your right. monthly, really checkups. But I thank God that I don't have a, a cute testimony. You know, I thank God that I have an ugly testimony that is not, um, you know, uh, ideal for maybe what we like to paint the picture of being perfect. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I'm, I'm not perfect. I wasn't perfect. You know, and God, I, I failed. I was up and down, up and down, roller coaster. One minute I'm good. Two weeks later, I'm not, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but then when I really got a hold of God, you know, and really understanding that, you know, God doesn't call me to a life to be up and down, you know, back and forth. But if I really get in there with him, he can sustain me and he gives mm-hmm. me grace uh, for the areas that I'm growing. in. Yeah, I think that that up and down is relatable, regardless yeah. of if you have a Samuel yeah. testimony yeah. or if you have a Terrence testimony. Like, I yeah. think either way, I think I like my testimony isn't super wild and i mean it definitely has its ugliness but when you said that about i didn't want to do the up and down round and round anymore i remember writing in journals and being like i can't do this anymore i can't keep like being all in it's exhausting and it's inconsistent and it's like it's not it's impossible to grow When one minute you're walking with the Lord and the next you're walking in sin and in your flesh and then you're going back and then back and then back. You're just like, I haven't got, it's been years and I haven't gotten anywhere. And that doesn't feel good for anybody. And so I think regardless of what people who are listening's testimony looks like, they're going to relate with that. And your, your message being that like God has more for you than that, like back and forth up and down. And so to kind of close us out, what, like, if you, ha- when, I'm sure, when you get the opportunity to sit down with people who are, like, struggling with their sexual identity and their faith, what, what's the thing that you want their takeaway to be? Like, what do you want them to know? And, you know, um, I want them to know that, that God is real, you know, mm-hmm. and God is still the same. God that we read in the Bible, he still heals, he still delivers, he still sets free. And that is all available to you. That I want people to know that you can really live the full life. Like God has so much for you. And, you know, no matter where you are, God is there, you know, Mm -hmm. and he will meet you where you are and, and change you and give you a complete 180. And so for me, it's, you know, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter, you know, how many times you've fallen, you know, uh, you know, a righteous man falls seven times. You know, it doesn't matter if you were this, uh, you know, super anointed Christian who had a, a big downfall, you know, but now you're trying to come back. You know, he's waiting for you. And when I think about that love, like, like God loves you, he is waiting for you, like, He's just like, come on back. Like, I've been waiting for you to come back, you know, and you just want to give him the cold shoulder and ghost him. But like, he loves us. And and that's what I want people to know. Like, 
and love really does conquer everything, you know, uh, and even and love is so much bigger than your sin. You know, God yes. is so much bigger than your sin. And uh, if you could just believe, uh, sometimes it's even just you don't even have the courage to believe. I've had to start learning how to say, God, give me the courage. Yes. <laughs> to even because sometimes I didn't want to do that. I just didn't have the courage. Give me the courage, or like just be real with God. Like I don't believe this, but I want to get there. You know, get me there. Do the work, and He will. He will honor. Just be authentic. Just be transparent. Just be real. Yeah. Be honest, and He'll take it from there. Yeah, and I love that your answer isn't how wrong it is or how hard it's going to be. It's that like no, like God has you. He is real. He loves you. He, he covers a multitude of sin and that, that that's enough for anybody. Like he is more than enough, no matter what your specific set of struggles looks like, whether it's sexual identity or if it's something else, if it's addiction, if it's gossip, like whatever it is that God is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is very real. <laughs> oh, Terrence, I could sit here and talk to you forever. This has been such a fun conversation. Thank to you. Close us out. Tell people where they can like find and follow you and keep up with you. Yeah. And get your book. Um, so I have a website. It's uh, Terrence J. McLean. Um, it's T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E-J and then McLean, which is M-C-C-L-A-I-N.com. Uh, you can... Um, view all the information about me and about my ministry and you know, about what God's doing in my life uh, there. And then uh, the same is uh, for my social media or Instagram and Facebook, Terrence J. McClain. So um, I hope to hear from you all soon or, or connect with you and, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah. And we'll link all of that in your show. Okay, perfect. So people can find it super awesome. easy. Terrence, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. And hopefully we get to circle back again and, and, and talk again soon. Yes, absolutely. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.